welcome to our community friends welcome 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 i am thrilled that you have found your way here and have done something for you you know man in our busy world when people are pawing at you and pinging at you all damn day and it's easy to cross off the thing for you because you think i gotta find time somewhere you did the hardest thing that there is that only five percent of us do do you know 95 percent of us think these things that we want for our life have these gut whispers what we should do and only five percent of us take action on it and you my friend and badass human being are a five percenter from being here the shout out this week goes to language oh language what a gift it is finding the words to the thing that you felt for years and that you never really had the words for this week i came across the most perfect description and this is one of the things that i love about the internet yes there are a lot of drawbacks my friend but like everything else in life what you look for you find and i found this perfect description of of me of what i've struggled with my whole life and it looks on the outside hardworking, high achieving ambitious all of these great positive accolades but on the inside when you pull back the layers of it when you pull back the film the things that i wasn't honest with for a long ass time what it looks like on the inside for me was overthinking overwhelm burnout trouble saying no this need to be busy and what it actually is my friend it's it's high functioning anxiety high functioning anxiety and when I read that, I thought, holy shit, holy shit, my whole life, my whole life, I thought it's just who I was and what a gift it is to have language for it. Here's to the power of language. To any of our new tribe members, I hope that this tribe, this community found its way to you from a friend. I love, 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 love content sharing with our tribes. I'm on several text chains with friends of sharing positive content, things that feed our soul. And it's my hope that this is how this community found its way to you. My name's Megan Miller. I'm an intentional living expert. I'm someone who has struggled with this addiction to achieving, with this addiction to being busy, with this addiction to exhaustion as a badge of honor, fighting these stories that I've been telling myself my whole life of not being worthy or good enough. And it, formulating into this air quote perfectionism, this air quote needing to perform and give A plus content, this running from myself at all costs to be busy. And after life had to bring me to my knees as I think it needs to for you to find the light and the purpose, I am out there sharing these lessons, these mindset hacks of things that were never taught, these things I've had to teach myself to help you, my friend, navigate through this journey and create a life that you can't wait to wake up to one that you don't need to run away from one that you don't need to live your life thinking i can't wait till friday because i'm here to tell you my friend it's not a unicorn it does exist and guess who's in control of that you are welcome to putting attention to intention my friends you should see me on this Sunday morning, 8.39. I'm in my robe, curled up in the spare bedroom, 
looking at a mattress with no sheets on it. I got my socks on because my man's cleaning the bath, cleaning the floors downstairs as I am up here recording this episode to you all. We are having company um, in this weekend. Man, the McCool's household has been company in right and left. This is the third weekend. We are a hosting family. I love it. It is a beautiful thing to create these memories. It's easy to say you're too busy. It's easy to say you're exhausted. But the memories, man, what a gift they are. Yes. Is there a lot of shit that happens behind the scenes until you host company? Like you're vacuuming. Like last night I found myself, um, uh, I wouldn't call it rage cleaning, but I would call it, holy shit, I don't want our family to think we're slobs which really they don't care. It's you. So I'm 10 o'clock at la- last night on a Friday night. I thought to myself, holy shit, this is 40. This is 40. Remember that movie? This is 40. I thought this is 40. I'm down here vacuuming. I am down here with a mop and rag. And for anyone who knows me, you know, people, this isn't the name of my game, but you got to do what you got to do. So here I am. I'm upstairs. Recording this episode to you all this morning, I am so excited to have this to, to share this conversation with you all. You know, we hear we hear this all the time. Everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about. And we rarely stop to think about how this is showing up in our own life. You know, I have been so intrigued lately by just this <clears throat> this language and emotional connection to words. And I find that. When we overuse words, when they continue to come at us from every which direction, because, man, U.S. consumerism, we love ourselves a buzzword, don't we? And you hear and you've seen it online. I have time and time again. Be kind because everyone's finding a battle you know nothing about. And you think, yeah, yeah, that's true. But we rarely stop to think about how this is showing up in our own life. Through my own journey, I have often stopped And reflected that it wasn't until I was vulnerable enough with myself first. Then I found the courage to share some of these truths, share some of my journey with those around me. And, you know, that's the thing. You got to be honest with yourself first. And, man, that sounds easy. But that's the hardest thing because you've been running from shit your whole life. I just picked up uh, Viola Davis's book and she starts talking about the shit that she's been running from, man. As a 50-some-year-old woman, she'd rather go to battle toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson than have to deal with the story she's telling herself. And I thought, man, ain't that the truth? But it wasn't until I got courageous enough with myself. Then that I started to share, you know, my journey with those around me. Did I really start to see people? Really start to see people? For over a decade, I worked with people, the same people, and I never really knew them. Never knew them. You know, the facade bullshit, the niceties that you go through. But I never I never knew them. Most importantly, and I didn't even realize I was doing this, I knew who I needed to go to to get what. But I never stopped to really get to know them. And the same goes for myself. This conversation today that I'm sharing with you, that you and I and and this beautiful human, Lene Zarella, we're going to sit around the kitchen table and have a whole soulful mass down human first conversation. This this conversation with Lene, you and I, it's it's a direct reflection of that. Lene and I worked side by side for years, years. I always felt that we had a really good relationship. We were both struggling and we didn't 
know that. We didn't even know it ourselves first and had no idea that each of us were, were going through similar things. And isn't it funny how you can become so immune to going through the motions that you don't even realize you're doing it because you stuffed that shit so deep, so deep. Lene and I have bonded over our addictions, addictions to achieving, these stories we tell ourselves on what we need to be to be the best at the thing. And then if we're not, that we're failing. And we've been there for each other as we've navigated through these journeys. In this conversation with my dear friend, with this beautiful human being, Lene Zarello, you'll hear us mass down and human first, really unpack the film that we hid behind. I love when Lene said this about this film that we hide behind. And man, that shit was on so tight, we didn't even realize it. The mindset of an overachiever, how it forces you into this addiction of hustling, which is exhausting because it's a never-ending performance, performance that you're putting on for the outside world, performance that you're putting on for yourself so you don't have to hear the silence. You end up just existing. And Lene shares how she found her courage to recognize this because, man, awareness, what a gift it is. I don't feel like that gets enough street cred because when you know better, when you finally see it, then you can do better. The power of conversations that you have with yourself and how your environment is such a big part of that. I don't think we talk about that enough. And Lene does a really beautiful job of unpacking her awareness about the environment around her and how that played such a role in the conversation she was having with herself. So grab the earbuds and pull up a seat to this table for this real, this no bullshit, this mask down at the kitchen table, soul food conversation. I am so happy. What a beautiful turn of events to have you here, my dear friend, Lene, as we have sort of gone through this reinvention journey Amen, together. sister. <laughs> yes. And it's been a journey, girl, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> so I want to get right into it because I, this has been coming up for me in a lot of conversations lately, and I want to get your take on it. And it is this vulnerability that we all talk about, this mass down human first conversations I think we're so hungry for. But in order to have that with the outside world, you got to have it with you first. And that's the most difficult conversation to have and absolutely so, right yeah we, we talk about vulnerability like it's just a toaster you can get off the shelf and crack it right open but it's 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 hard and when i think back to human connection and these masks down and these people we work with every day but we never really know mm -hmm. it makes me think to you and i in our journey of working in the same hospitality management company for years. And we would have these great conversations, but never really were vulnerable enough to put the mask down. And we found out later that we were both struggling with very similar things. Yeah, absolutely. 
but never really had enough courage to share because I don't think we knew it ourselves. So I guess my question is, my friend, Mm. have you found that as you've been vulnerable with yourself, have your relationships changed and have you gotten to know people to a degree that you never really did before? Absolutely. You know, I think that also coming from the hospitality industry, Mm. there is there's a film sort of over the real you, at least there was for me, mm-hmm. where everything is buttoned up, everything must be perfect, everything must be with a smile. And it's sort of that Disney World effect, right? Where you have to put on a show, whether you feel like it or not, right? Mm-hmm. So really understanding what it feels like to break that down and peel that film off so that your thoughts are not cloudy anymore is truly an eye-opening experience. Mm. It's sort of like, you know, you check yourself and you're like, wait a minute. I know I go through these motions all day, every day, but that's not really how I feel. Right. I'm human. I'm a wife. I'm a mom and I'm my own person. And, you know, really getting to know myself and being vulnerable with myself and understanding like, wait a minute, I'm actually not happy. Wait a minute. I don't want to make those decisions. You know, coming to grips with that really allowed me to then take a wider look at the people I surround myself with, you know, and my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my kids and it doesn't have to be on the surface. Let's dig deep. You know, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's really understand how we're feeling. And at the end of the day, you know, the people I find myself with the most are the people that make me genuinely happy Mm. and make me feel worthy. Mm. You know, that self-worth is so hard. But if you have good people around you that are reminding you to have self-worth, it it comes, it really does. And it boosts your, your confidence. It boosts your ego, which isn't a bad thing. And, you know, you can really be truthful. You said so many mic drop nuggets right there. And (laughs) I know me, I love to drop a mic. (laughs) I hope you, I hope you wrap us a tune a little later. My friend, I should have prepared something. (laughs) There are many layers to our girl, Lene, and I hope you get to see the rap version. Oh yeah. Uh, Which I believe if you YouTube you, there is a video of you rapping. Am I correct in that? 100% 100% wedding rep 2007 straight from the underground. <laughs> yes, it was my husband and I. Yes, that is why we are married. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Oh yeah. You said something that just hit me to my core, which was this film. This yes. film that you live behind that you don't even realize it and you run from it at all costs. And as soon as you get that little gut whisper that tells you that you're not really happy, that you know that you're meant for more, that is Mm -hmm. this really all there is? You run to the thing that's comfortable, which could be the booze, the food, the overspending. For me, it was the work emails, whatever comfort you have to numb. And for our listener that is listening, that is like, yes, 
I get that. And, and, you know, I lived behind the film for so long, girl, I didn't even realize it. I did not even realize it. So for our listener that is sitting there thinking, well, yeah, I I think I am living behind the, the film. What is one micro step, one thing that they could do to begin to lean in to those whispers, peel back the film to get mm-hmm. to know themselves. Like, where did you start? How did you start? Well, you know, people talk about rock bottom and that's different for everybody else, you know, and the film doesn't always come off all at once. Sometimes it's little by little, you know, you peel a little bit, you peel a little bit. It's like those, stupid stickers that you have to peel off the bottom of a glass, a wine glass. And does it all really come off in the first try? No, you have to put that shit in the dishwasher like six times, right? To really get it off. So it's not easy, but once you get a little glimpse of, okay, I'm behind this film. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I sort of am representing myself to the world, you have to, you know, here's my thing, right? I turned 40 this year and I am 100% unapologetically myself, the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, the stupid, you're going to get it all. And it's sort of this very carefree way of thinking, but let me tell you something, girlfriend, it is so freeing. You have to, you have to care less Mm. about the things that are not important. You have to put yourself in check and be like, I I don't want to feel overwhelmed every second of the day. I don't want to feel guilty in all of this pressure and these moments where I am getting lost in the world. So, okay, number one, therapy. Mm. The best decision of my life. Not only because at first, honest to God, at first it was like, all right, well, I really need to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about an hour with a therapist? Mm-hmm. Like, even if I'm just talking about nonsense. It's my hour and I own that time. And even just giving myself an hour was probably the first step to me, you know, kind of peeling back that film. But it wasn't easy, you know, because there still is that stigma of what's wrong with you, you know, but the more I go to therapy, the more I love it. I don't know if I ever told you that story where, you know, I was so overwhelmed during COVID, you know, catering in two hotels, running back and forth. And one day I was sitting in my office and I was having like heart palpitations and I was like freaking out. I couldn't keep up. I felt like I was drowning. Work life was a shit show. Home life was a shit show. I didn't even know where I was or who I was. And I thought I was having a heart attack. So I go to the doctor and they run an EKG in the office and they're like, your heart is fine. And I'm like, absolutely not run it again. I'm dying. I'm I'm dying. dying. 
you know, maybe I should be a cardiologist because you don't know what you're talking about. Do it again. So of course, you know, they can see that I have a lot going on. They run it again. Heart is totally fine. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I think I'm having a heart attack. And the doctor looks at me and she goes, you're not having a heart attack. You're having a panic attack. You don't need a cardiologist. And she then, I laugh now because it was kind of a funny moment now. And then in the moment, she hands me two pamphlets, one for psychologist, one for psychiatrist. I was like, huh. Okay. I guess I should do that. Mm. You know, but until I got to the point where I thought I was dying, I was just going to keep going. You know, don't you hate that? You know, I never even put two and two together until you just told this story. Yeah. There was a point in my life where I was crying all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, I was shaking and I had vertigo mm-hmm. and I was dizzy all the time. And I went to the doctor because it's the same thing. I thought to myself, something's not, I, something's not right here. I must be, right. again, I'm dying. We're all and dying. I go, right. We're all, that's the first <laughs> thing you go to. Hey, that's it. That's that's the only answer. Well, that's what WebMD tells you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, you know, the worst thing is to Google, but you do it anyway. And you put the worst possible yeah. thing. Yeah. And I was so mad at my, I, well, I guess I'm not mad at myself because everything happens for a reason, but they were so quick to just write me a script for Lexapro. And mm-hmm. I did not know any better. And I started popping it and I popped it in at all costs. And it wasn't until I had my breakdown on 76 mm-hmm. mental, the mental breakdown I had, did I realize that, oh my God, and all this busyness that I had created, I was just running to keep myself from my thoughts in the silence. Yeah. And we never really stop and pause and think about that. You had talked about 40 and stepping into your power. And there is something. So I keep telling the story 39, 40 is around the corner. And I said, I am embracing that shit with open arms because I feel like your 20s, you are so insecure. I still struggle with that, but the insecurity was strong. 30s are all about the life checks. And there's something about 40 where you're just like, this is me. Did you feel that same? Did you feel that same way? Like you got to know you through this whole journey and now 40 is like stepping into your power? Without a doubt. And, you know, my 20s were incredible. Or so I thought Mm. at the time, you know, everything just moved so fast. And I had a really hard time turning 30. Mm-hmm. because I felt like I had accomplished so much in my twenties mm. that it was impressive and I could brag about that and people would be impressed by that. And, you know, and it was great, but it was a lot and it did not come without sacrifice. You know, I was, I met my husband when I was 20, got married at 24, bought a house at 25 had my first kid at 26 and had my second kid at 30. Boom. All Let's life go. checks done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I am trying to be this independent, successful woman in a hospitality career, which is literally a 24-hour business. <laughs> 
you know, like, what was I thinking? <laughs> and that you could do it all perfectly and that you could. Oh, of course. Yeah. That you that you're superhuman. You can do it all of and course. then criticize yourself when you when when you don't, when you slip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then 30 rolls around and you're like, well, I guess it's not impressive anymore. But now it was like, just survive. Mm. You know, I have two little kids. I have this amazing career, which I wanted. I always wanted that career. And I ended up in my dream job. Mm-hmm. But there was never any time for me as a human being. I put so much guilt on myself, um, had to know it all and be it all and do it all and, you know, support my husband and his career, mm-hmm. you know, as he supported me and mine, which is great. And we had two little kids who, you know, I feel like a lot of those years were a blur, you know, and now, you know, you get those memories that pop up on your phone and you're like, oh my God, that happened. Oh, that's that happened too. Oh, remember we went to Dutch Wonderland. Oh, remember that first trip to Disney and all of these, these things happened, but I was not in a frame of mind to truly embrace it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. My life was a checklist. My life was a checklist. And I will say that that is probably the biggest hurdle I've had to overcome is to be mindful in decisions, to be mindful in actions and to not hurry up and get it done to move on. Mm. Because now here I am at 40, loving every second of it, by the way, looking back, right. You know, and do we want to have regrets? No. Are they real? Absolutely. You know, if I could have done it differently, I would have wanted to slow down a little bit. Mm. Why rush Mm. to be at the top? Enjoy the journey. Seriously. I mean, I got my dream job as a director. I was 33. There was no other job in the world that I ever wanted than the one that I had, but I got it at 33. There's a whole other life to live after that, you know? And now that I'm, I'm just in this new frame of mind, in this new decade, I've slowed down. I've taken the opportunity to really understand what I like, such as comedy, all things that are funny that I always felt like I didn't have time for that weren't important, but those are the most important, you know, cause you know, those conversations you have with, with your girlfriends, you know, if, if you're not your best self, then you can't be your best self for others. And that really is the truth, but you've, love- you've, you've got to find the time. You have to find the passion and put it first. I know it sounds selfish, but you have to start putting yourself first. I love how you talked about my life was a checklist. Oh, and yeah. then when you check that list off, like as you're, as you're telling that story about, then you got the dream job. For me, it was making this way to this corner office job. 
you know, helping run sales for this hospitality management company, doing other things that I thought that that would fix everything. Hashtag surface level. And then yeah. did you find when you got there, you were like, well, this, this isn't satiating what I thought it would. So it must be something else. So then you move the goalpost and it's something else and it's something else. Did you find that you just kept hustling on this ladder to the next like check of achievement? Did you get into that sort of tornado? Always. Nothing was ever good enough. Because for me, it was never a job. It was your identity. It was a, yeah. And I I wanted to build this legacy Mm -hmm. where, you know, and now as I say it out loud, it just, it seems silly because I put so much weight into my title, into my career, into my status. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Nobody cares except for me. And although I thought I was doing it for myself, it was counterproductive, quite frankly. You know, it was always moving the goalpost. I love how, girl, I'm, you're like taking me to church right here because I know it. And here's like the really fucked up thing about it. Yeah. It is like a drug. So I would get a high when someone would say to me, oh, girl, I don't know how you do it all. I would almost be like a high, you know, or or when I would get the pat on the back from senior management, you did it again, Meg. And I created my own prison. And it's the hardest thing to get out because it's so easy to point the finger at everybody else, the boss, the industry, the client, your partner, the kids. But it's you. And so it's you. you. And so, Lene, I loved how you talked about you as a human being. Because we seem to forget that we are human and we hold ourselves to this status that we would never hold another human being to. And I want you to share with our listeners, you know, one of the things that was so difficult, I know for me in my journey, was that I had no idea what I wanted. I had no opinion. I mean, chameleon, people-pleasing mode, that was me to a T. Whoever you wanted me to be is who I was. So I, I, I didn't know who I was. So for our listeners, that's like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a hobby. I don't, besides like binge drinking, I, I don't, where do, where do they start to get curious about what excites them? Any recommendations, anything that you have done to begin to peel back that film? I have struggled with this for a long time. And it is so important for me now to find things that I truly enjoy and surround myself with people who truly enjoy me. Mm. You know, I'm going to go back to therapy for a minute because I start with that one hour to myself. And through that journey, I've discovered, like you just said, I'm a people pleaser. 20 years in hospitality, go figure, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, figure. duh. Okay. Yeah. You know, turning that around and saying, okay, what would you do to celebrate your friend? Mm-hmm. Let's do that for yourself. Throw yourself a party, 
buy yourself a gift. Just take time. You know, we, we say we don't have time. And I always felt like I never did. But the amount of time we're on our phone and we're scrolling and this and that, you know, I've kind of shifted away from that and just started to explore things so far out of the box that I didn't even know were there. You know, I have lately, I have a newfound passion. I, well, I mean, I've always loved comedy and making people laugh and being the person that laughs. Right. Mm. So now recently for me, I'm going down this rabbit hole of female comics, male comics, seeing people live, you know, and just enjoying laughing because mm. who doesn't like comedy, <laughs> you know? And when so do we that, forget to have fun? Like what? That, that's it. That's it. 20 years. I always made sure everybody else had fun and in, in catering, right. And events. It's my turn. I want to have fun and I want to be interested in things that I know I love. Now, here's the other thing for us overachievers. Yes, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> Is that, you know, you think, okay, well, I need to have six hobbies and <laughs> I need to be good at all of them. Right. And I'm going to talk about them and I'm going to, you know, join all of these blogs and I'm going to dive deep into the details of every single thing. Maybe that's just my personality, right? Of this extreme mentality of if you do it, you got to go big or go home. But that's not the point. The point is to find one thing. You know, this week it's comedy. Next week it might be, I don't know, hair, makeup. It doesn't matter. That's not supposed to be a pressure. It's supposed to be a joy. It's supposed to be a release. Get rid of all of that anxiety and that stress and do something you truly love. And if you try something and you don't love it, move on. Move on. Telling this, it just makes me think out to this. um, I was listening to the Mel Robbins podcast and she Mm. was talking about a listener had called in and said that she just feels that it's so heavy in 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 the weight of the world and all of these things and Mel Robbins had said back listen this this journey of self-discovery man it's it's hard it's mucky it sounds easy but it is hard as shit and there's a lot of shit that that's going to come up that you're going to deal with and it's going to feel heavy and as you're going through all of this, it's ser- and it feels serious, and it, it's it's a lot of muck and murder to go through. You gotta ha- allow yourself to have fun, whether yes. that and it doesn't have to be so serious. And I love that you said that because I know for me, for a long time, Lene, if I wasn't gonna be good at it, I'm not doing it. Exactly. And so I said no to things before the ask was even out. And I, I just think what a disservice that we do. And I love how you talked about curiosity. I just feel like it's such a little gift that doesn't ask for much. It's the little whisper that says, hey, try me out. And I love how you said, listen, this week it's comedy. Next week it might be something else. Yeah. But I'm not holding myself to the fact that I got to, okay, now I'm going to go to Helium and put on a show by myself and do the whole thing. Like I'm just enjoying it. Right. Of course, I thought that the first week. 
Well, of course, you know, I'm already like <laughs> pre-planning, you know, my European tour. Oh my God. But you know I what? That's, that's not the point. The point is to just try things and find what you like, because I, you know, the way I think is 40 years from now, when I'm 80, I don't, I want to look back and be like, okay, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. I tried everything I could try. And I think the way that we can get there is by caring less. Mm. What do you tell the listener? I feel like that's easy to say, but hard Mm. to do. So for the listeners like, yeah, okay. How do we execute that? Can you give us like a micro step to care less? What is one thing we could do to help put that out in the world and do it? You have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and regardless of what you see and regardless of what you feel, just say, screw it. Mm. I'm just going to go and do it. Mm. Whether it's going to the grocery store and not putting your makeup on first and feeling okay in your own skin, go hang out with a group of women and Don't try to fit in. Just see if you fit in. It might not be the right fit. Do something with your family. Not everybody may enjoy it, but be okay with that. Not everything has to be perfect all the time. Little baby steps. And these are the things that that work for me is... When I start to feel like something's going wrong or that I'm losing control, I now say, you know what? Who cares? It's okay. And it's okay not to care. You know, you have to let some of that stuff roll off your shoulders and move on. It's okay if all the moms in the group, you know, aren't your biggest fan or aren't impressed by what you do, or aren't constantly inviting you to things. Who cares? They're they're not your people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the more that you live this authenticity in whatever it looks like to you. So for instance, I know when I saw you last, you were talking about you and your husband taking the salsa dancing class. You've always said you wanted to do it and you did it. Like, I feel when you start to do those small little things, your people show up. There's something about the vibration, the energy. I didn't do it yet, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. But there's no, but there's no pressure. It's like, I'm going to do it and it will come when it feels right. I want to go back to what you talked about with living off a checklist. So we are recording this in the beginning of April. We just wrapped Q1 and I allowed myself to pause, which I never do because I'm so quick to be like, okay, what's the next set of goals? Let's do it. Let's get it done. Right. And as I gifted myself this time, and it doesn't need to be a long, drawn out, hour long process. This was five minutes over a cup of coffee with some silence. Did I realize that? I have put myself back into this cage. I have become addicted to the drug of achievement. Again, my Achilles heel, as I have been building this business, I'm back to feeling exhausted. I'm back to being on edge. I'm back to crying. Yesterday, I was crying 
over mm-hmm. like the stupidest things. And I'm thinking, okay, you're back there. So you got to put some bumper lanes in place. So for me, I want to do a master class, something different growing. I want to walk with my mom, uh, you know, pick one day a week and just go for a walk to get off here. And I think there's just so much power in the pause mm-hmm. and the reflection. Do you have any practices that you use in your life or have used through your journey to pause off the checklist, to reflect, to course correct? Absolutely. You have to. I mean, for me, it's in the car, Mm. you know, whether it's, you know, pulling in the driveway at the end of the day and I need to switch gears, right? I I need to go from work mode to mom mode because I really feel strongly about them not overlapping. And that time in the car whether, you know, I'm just driving around and I'm going to crank up the music or I can just think about something and I can just sort of have this escape. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to give your chance, you know, yourself the chance to escape the, the reality and the norms to say, it's not that serious. It's just not, you know, you pull in the driveway and you're like, all right, let me just kind of check myself let all that stress go, you know, and what can we do now that's positive, that's fun and makes me feel really good. Mm. Me, not everybody else, me, which is the hardest thing in the world. I love that that is so easy to do because we all have time in the car. I don't care if you're running to the grocery store, you can put the car in silence and listen to your thoughts. And yes. um, Sarah Blakely, who I love. Yes. And for those of you who might not know, she created a God's gift to women. Spanx. Mm, praise be. And she <laughs> talks about, Lene, how she would create this hour commute that she did not have in her car by herself so she could think. And she was like, I connected with myself. I had the most creative ideas and it became my therapy. And I just think to myself, you don't need the hour commute, but on the way to the grocery store, on when you're running errands after you drop the kids off, but we take them to school, whatever that is, you can find a few minutes in the car to create some silence. I love that. Yes. And the other thing you said that I loved so much, I just said this to Michael yesterday. It doesn't need to be so hard. There's That's something great. fucked up. That we have, right? That we think if it's not hard, if I'm not struggling, if I'm not exhausted at the end of the day, if I'm not on edge, then I'm not doing it right. I still have guilt about that because my life now is so much simpler. And I, half the time, I don't know what to do with myself. Oh my God. I, so I have to tell you this Michael's traveling this week. I'm home by myself. It's me and the fur kids. Last night, after I started crying for no reason, I'm like, girl, you need a moment. Lene, I didn't know what to do. I did not know what to do with myself because I never give myself that moment of silence to just even sit down. So I, it's, and look, it takes a lot of work. I am working very hard and practicing downtime 
in relaxation. What, how do you do that? I give it to myself. I give it to myself when I feel it. So if I'm feeling exhausted about something, I give myself permission and I give myself time to stop what I'm doing and just rest. And what does rest look like? What, what does rest look like for you? Oh, put on, put on some stupid TV or, um, find, you know, uh, something in comedy that I really want to hear and just turn it off, mm. turn it off. You hear all that negative noise and something feels very overwhelming. Okay. This is my cue. And this is my moment where I'm just, I just need to stop. And I'm just going to either sit down with a cup of coffee, put on a Netflix special. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. You can take a shower. You can take a nap. You have to give yourself time to heal. And get off the phone. Yes. Because look, and and back to what you said, you know, about it, you know, it it doesn't need to be hard. Mm. If life feels hard, then you're not doing it right. Mm. That's what I've learned the most over the past year. It doesn't need to be so hard. In fact, it should be enjoyable and it should be fun. And if we're in a position where, you know, we feel like we're doing something because we have to, and whether it's to please this, this thought that we have or other people around us, isn't it really fake at the end of the day? Mm. Is there really any point in doing it? You know, as you're talking and uh, girl, I feel like you are taking me to church, ripping my soul. Oh, preach. We're going to preach today. You're going to testify. Oh, let's pass around the collection. (laughs) It makes me flash to this conversation that I heard Brene Brown have. And she was asked, what's the most difficult emotion for humans to have? And she said, joy. Because when you start feeling good, you think to yourself, when's the other shoe going to drop? Always. Yeah, always. But guess yeah. what? It might not. Yeah. And we have to, for me, it's such a struggle to feel comfortable in that space of feeling peace. Mm. It is difficult because it's not the norm, yeah. you know, of like, you know, the when I push the hustle out of the way and I force myself in a way to feel at peace and calm and look, everything really is okay. Yeah. You know, like what's the worst that's going to happen? What? I lose a client. So what? I get into a fight with my husband. So what? You know, my kids hate me for a day. So what? It's all going to be okay. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about this, you know, your thoughts creating your reality and the mindset hacks. I, I get, you know, I feel like we are never taught how to talk to ourselves. Mm. And that is the conversation that we have every damn day that creates our reality. In your journey, what have you found that has started to change the conversations you have with ourselves? And would you share with our listeners some like when you find yourself going down that deep rabbit hole, what you do or the questions you ask yourself to pull yourself out of it so you're not... So leaving that moment of joy 
to go to the deep, darkest uh, thing that you've created that you feel is going to happen. <laughs> and it's your imagination. Yeah. You know, I think the conversation with yourself a lot of times stems from the environment that you're currently in. Mm. So if you are in a toxic environment, uh, it might almost be impossible to have a conversation with yourself on how to get out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's like, you know, you, if you feel like you're in a situation that is overwhelming and it's toxic and you know, in your core that it's not right, you know, the conversation that you're going to have with yourself at that point is just survive it. You can do this. You know, you're, you know, you're capable and you're able, but then there comes that rock bottom, right? And that shift where you're like, I just can't do it anymore. Great. You leave the toxicity behind. You have to force yourself and put yourself in a position that you're excited to get out of bed every day. Because if you're not surrounded by positivity, we can't expect ourselves to have positive thoughts. Mm. That's too much pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, we the can't... content. Yeah. Surra- like I, I was reading this stat, Lene, that if you are like 96% of us and get up and roll over and go right to the phone and check the emails, check the social feed, watch the news, you have a 70% higher chance of having a bad day. And as you're talking about the environment you're in, who you surround yourself with, the content you consume it matters too. I, yeah, I, 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 I just love that. I think that's such a, a great valid point. And I, looking back at my own journey, I think that there were so many times I just thought, well, it is what it is. No, it's not. Right. And I think at the time we thought that we were having good conversations with ourselves of maybe like, you know, you're not weak. Look how strong you are. You can do this. You can push through it. You know, you got out of bed again today. You didn't cry for four hours. You only cried for two hours. That's, that's the conversation that we knew how to have. But if, if you're able to, you know, sort of put yourself on the outside looking in and say, look, this really is a shit show, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's a friendship, it doesn't matter whether it's just who you are. It starts with getting all of that out of your life. Mm. You know, for me, it was that career and that was toxic for me, you know, at the end. And I put myself in a different path. So the conversations I have with myself now are, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to relax. It's okay not to be frantic. Mm. It's okay to get yourself that cup of coffee and enjoy it for 20 minutes on a Wednesday afternoon. Like it's okay to give yourself some grace, but going from A to Z is a journey in itself. You know, it's taken me a full year. I just celebrated my my one year anniversary in my new job. And it's taken me a full year to really be able to look myself in the eye and say, it's okay to be happy. Oh, it is. I love that. And I want to talk about 
as you talked about leaving your career, mm. the mental fuckery that comes Ugh. with that, that I don't think we talk about enough. The whole world blares in your ear. Make your side hustle, your full-time hustle. Leave your job if you're not happy, but I feel like it's- so It's much- all bullshit. Right? <laughs> it's all bullshit. Talk us through how you felt leaving a career that, that was your identity. Mm-hmm. What gave you enough courage to take action on those gut whispers? And what one of our listeners can do who's listening and like, yeah, I- I'm wondering if this job is for me anymore, if it's serving me anymore, what, what can I do? If you're asking yourself the question, the answer is no, you shouldn't be there. And look, how many tough conversations do we have to have in a corporate environment? You know, how many times are maybe we're the only women around the board table filled with men? We have to have some big balls to do what we do in a corporate environment all day, every day for our voice to be heard for, you know, the, the leadership to, to be there. Why don't we take that same approach on our own life? Mm. I had to flip the switch and say, look, my bravery, you know, uh, you know, my, my courage and my big balls, it's all going to go towards me now. Mm. I'm now going to have the courage to leave that behind and guide myself down a path that doesn't include that pressure. Mm. Now, easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. The emotional effects that you go through in the moment are so, I can't even describe how difficult they are of, have I failed? No, you haven't failed. You're actually doing this for yourself. Um, Are you weak? No, you're not weak. You're going to be okay. Am I making the biggest mistake of my life? Well, if I am, so be it. And if this doesn't work out, I'm going to have to go find a new job. You have to always give yourself the out. It's going to be okay. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, and then when I, when I left that behind, the thing I struggled with the most, I think you and I have even talked about this, is I really had to put my ego in check. Mm. That was tough. Because when, you know, you're that young and you grow that fast and you're in this position and you're given a lot of power to do what you need to do to then, you know, wash your hands of it and say, I'm going to take a huge step back for happiness. How am I not going to be a leader? How am I not going to be in control? How am I not going to be in charge? And that was extremely difficult for me. I'd be lying if I said anything else. I love that. And you said so many great things there. And I love how you talked about it. It took you about a year. When, oh, yeah. when we are high performing, go-getting individuals that are used to just getting shit done and doing it quickly and efficiently because we've been doing it for so long and have a wheelhouse that when we start something new, we have tendency to think that we should just walk right in and kill it right away. Absolutely. And it takes time. And it yeah. takes time. I remember when I had enough courage to, to build this movement and put it out into the world. And I had called a girlfriend of mine and I had said to her, 
well, what again, worst case scenario, what if we can't make the mortgage? We're going to lose our house. Michael's going to leave me. And she goes, Meg, stop. You're spiraling. I want you to think of what's the worst case scenario and put a solution to that. So for me, it was, okay, well, if I make no money and we got to make the mortgage payment, then I'll go bartend. I don't give a shit if I'm doing it at 38. That was 38. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it at 38 or not. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself sort of, okay, here's the worst case that happens and I'll just find a solution for it. And then when it, the ship doesn't sink, then I'm like, oh, okay, we're all right. Did you have those same conversations with yourself or how did you deal with that? 100%. I mean, if you think about on a day-to-day basis, all of the things that we've accomplished in our career and everything that we've had to overcome, everything that we've had to push ourselves through, all of those uncomfortable moments where we just had to be brave. If we can get through that shit, we can do anything. Mm, Yeah. Anything. You know, there's, I know there's women out there that are on the verge of like these mental breakdowns because their career is just too much. Yeah. That woman can leave it all behind and go find something else because they've already probably had to do the worst of it, the hardest, you know, parts. We've already done the hardest parts. It's time to give ourselves grace. And now we can be smarter, you know, not work harder, find the right thing. Actually, there's this great documentary on Netflix called Stuts. Yes, girl. Have you seen it? Seen it. Love it. Preach it. Brought his book, The Tools. Great. Tell our listeners about it. You know, it's Jonah Hill doing a documentary about his therapist. And there's so many great things, nuggets, as you call them, that you can take away. One of the biggest takeaways for me was if you're in a career that you hate and you feel like you have to pay the mortgage and provide for the family and just, you know, have this listed on your resume, you could still get fired. You can still fail. And I think the quote went something like, if you can fail at doing something that you hate, why not fail at doing something that you love? Mm. Just give it a try because you have nothing to lose. The only thing you have to lose is being miserable in a job that you already hate. Mm. I love that. You know, doing this for a year, I can look back now. I just had this conversation with a friend the other day and I thought to myself, I never stopped and paused and thought about all the shit I accomplished, why wouldn't I bet on myself? I've been betting on other people my whole damn life and the consistency, the common denominator in it all is me. So why not bet on you? And I, and I love how you said, listen, why, why not? If you're going to fail, why not fail at doing something you love? Right. And chances are, you're probably not going to fail. And chances are we don't fail. Not. Women like us, we, we just don't. You learn, you're learning your course. Correct. You're learning your course. Correct. That's it. Love that. And I would say to our listeners, thank you for bringing up stats. I think it is such a beautiful, profound documentary. It's on Mm. Netflix. If you have teenage kids, please watch it with your teenage kids. Watch it with your partner. 
one of the things I love that they do so beautifully is take these very complicated things that we all struggle with and have never been taught to talk about and makes it easy to understand and talk about. And I know for us watching it with Michael, it's changed the dynamic of the conversations we have around the kitchen table. Sure. Um, so I love that. My yeah. friend, I have to tell you, I have loved watching you step into your courage and listen to your gut whispers. I mean, hell girl, you always had the courage, but the courage for yourself mm. to take the action to get to know you, to share it so other women don't need to struggle uh, the way that we both have. I It is such an honor to know you, to love you. And I love that you now see the human that I've seen for such a long time. Here's to stepping into your power. Here's to sharing it with our tribe. I love you, girl. I love you too. And I feel good and I mm. feel strong and I feel brave. And I really love this version of myself. And I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah. And I hope we can all get there one day. Really. Mm. We all deserve it. Thank We've been you. through it. So let's, let's be our best selves. we got nothing to lose. That's right. And if any of our listeners are salvating and loving you like I am, your honesty, your breath of fresh air, where can we find more about you? Where can we connect with you? Where can we follow you? Where can we stalk you? You know, I can be found on Instagram, Facebook, um, Lene Z <laughs> is who I am. LinkedIn, of course. And, you know, one thing I like to do the most is um, be that person that people can reach out to for advice, for courage to say, just, you know, to, to mentor. And I've had a lot of women over the years who, you know, I've heard from who just needed a little push and a little encouragement. And I love to be that voice. So, um, you know, maybe I can even just send you all of my handles to Meg. And if anybody wants to have, you know, a conversation, we can do that too. You heard it here first, my friends, reach out to Lene. I'm going to link all of her social feeds in the show notes. So you can just click on them. If you want to hear more of Lene's story or want to ask her for guidance, she put it out there. So please take advantage of it. Thank you so much, my friend. I love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you for taking the time to be here. And most importantly, for taking the time to invest in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please do share with your tribe. I'm a huge believer in the power of sharing content, especially when that message is around putting power back into your own life. I would love to hear from you all. If this episode meant something to you or you'd like to share something with our community, please reach out to me on Instagram, megan.b.miller. Also, if you feel inclined, please comment and rate the podcast. It does make a difference in sharing our community. Till next time, carry on with intention.